Hello, and welcome to episode 126 of the Book Wars Pod. I am Chris. I am here, as always, with Kate, Miranda, and Kristen, working her production magic. Uh, this is pod Fuck me. It sure to be, fucking is. To be Kristen. fair, I'm not always here, so I'm going to decide I hate you too much. That's true. We are here, <laughs> as sometimes, with the full crew. Um... And honestly, enjoy it, right? (laughs) Honestly, enjoy it, because after next episode, probably losing Kate for a while, so. I have to go do school. Goodbye to you. And teach and stuff. But before she ruins the youth of America, we are going to talk (laughs) about Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse, chapter 22 through to the end. Um, Tell me you would be a better teacher than me. I never said that. That's why I'm not a teacher. Oh my god! Uh, what are what are what are we drinking? Teach. Whatever the hell tea this is. <laughs> I gotta Maybe do grading. Portland blend tea I... from Stash Tea. Listen, I have not had alcohol in this podcast in a very long time because I keep having to do grading and it is terrible. I also like have to read fucking H.P. Lovecraft after this, and I'm just like. I'm like, I know, I'm like, here for the squids, but not here for the horrible, horrible, horrible and overt racism. What if, and he- hear me out on this, I haven't seen it yet. I was out most of the evening. Uh, just watched the latest episode of Lovecraft Country. That would be so incredible. And then pretend that that was the reading. And like, you still, there's fucking monsters. You still got all the racism. It's it's the same thing, but better. <laughs> exactly. Hey, when are going to be able to watch that? I don't know. Whenever I dig myself on, from, out from under this pile of reading because I took a nap for two hours. Cool. So December? Yeah, that sounds about gotcha. right. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. <laughs> Sweet. Cool. I am drinking uh, also some Portland Blend tea and uh, some... Uh, I already forgot what, what brand it is. Uh, I think it's Glendenna Irish Whiskey. Uh, it's very light. It's uh, very smooth, as Irish whiskey is wont to be. So really really doing a deconstructed hot toddy this episode. I really despise you. <laughs> I just... This is why I don't want to hang out with you. I just do school instead. Yeah, but, I mean, joke's on you, because you live here. You're fucked. Yeah, but you pick up the dog's poop for me, so... I do. Yeah. I, I keep the dog from pooping in the house. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Most of the time, I'm willing to say. Miranda, what are you drinking? Mm. Cold snack. Yeah. <laughs> a pod classic. Um, actually, so I was in a backyard the other day. Just a backyard. Just someone. Just a I. I, ju- I just hopped like a fence that I found. I was like, there's probably a chair behind here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. So, but like, m- my friends got this backyard. Um, it's kind of small, but like the table is like near the, the back door and it's a sliding door. So there's like the screen um, and we just had like the screen up and her partner goes in to like get another beer 
and I just hear her yell from the kitchen, Unicorn! Because <laughs> I had brought can... over... I had brought over some cold snack. <laughs> and I was really excited about it. And then she's like, what is this again? I was like, no, it's not good beer. Like, it's delicious, but it's real shitty. So that's my cold snack story. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> it's beautiful. Kristen, what we got to power you through listening um, to this? Yeah. <laughs> well, somehow Mir- not talking. Miranda was here for crossword puzzles earlier today so cute. and i let her accidentally drink all of the beer that i wasn't saving so now i'm just drinking one of the beers that i'm saving um <laughs> it's fine uh it's called here everybody put your things up i'm gonna try to take a a screenshot of our drinks even though no space one's jam beer? sort of kate where's your tea there we There's... go i'm not putting Wait. the rest of the cup it's a sappy cup <laughs> I love how Miranda made it so that you can't see her face. <laughs> um, yes, it, it. I. I think it is a Space Jam beer. This is. Uh, is she's not spe- a friend of. Space she's Jam. not a friend of the. She's not a friend of the pod because, why does why would anyone listen to this honestly? <laughs> um, but uh, it's a West Coast style IPA from our good friends at uh, Belmont Station. Um, but it's from Mason Aleworks, who are out of San Diego. Um, and yes, if you don't, it's it's called the Ball Don't Lie <laughs> West God Coast bless. IPA. Um, and if you don't know about Ball Don't Lie, I will play this for you. I, I agree with Charles. There's a time and place for all of that. It's a 48-minute game. At some point in time, if you really want to get someone back, you can get him. You don't do it when a guy has you isolated at the top and he's making a move to the hole and then you close line up. 48 minute game. You want to get somebody. You're going to get somebody. I tie your shoe and get ready for the rebound. Kwame with a nice offensive rebound. Rashid hits him on the wrist area, picks up the foul, so Kwame to shoot two. Kwame was insane. Anyway, that sounded uh, like it was. I will. Oh, uh, Lakers broadcast too. It was. Yeah. Um, I will probably. Bobby Brown I, missing free throws. <laughs> De- depending on her. how how ambitious I'm feeling, I may edit out the first part of that, or I may just describe to you what was happening, um, which was Reggie Miller um, talking about uh, or talking uh, over um, talk or Rashid Wallace talking over someone's shoulder. Uh, mocking them without him being able to see because they were talking about Rashid in mm-hmm. that first clip. So that was uh, very funny. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He, uh, anytime he fouls someone and they call a foul on the play when he was in the NBA um, and then they miss the free throw, he says, ball don't lie to remind you that um, the ball doesn't lie. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say that's a fact. <laughs> To remind you of facts. Um, ball, the ball don't lie. Yeah. And uh, he played for the Trailblazers, so we love him. Um, anyway. It's R- funny because I always it. forget that just because the 2000 series was like just barely in my awareness. Yes. Um, correct. Because I was very young. Um, but the we 2004 finals. On here, so. The 2004 <laughs> finals, I remember uh, quite well. Uh, yes. Because they were very painful, and <laughs> Sheed was on the Pistons at that point, so that sucked. 
Yeah. Um, they had two people named Wallace, and they both kicked our ass. Oh, my word. Yep. Um, what else would people know Rashid Wallace from? Both, play, both teams played hard, if you've ever Just heard anyone say that. <laughs> That's from a Rashid press conference both teams played hard um god i love he's like anyway. kind, he was like kind of um marshawn lynch-esque yeah in his press relations <laughs> yeah like he he was god the precursor he was the precursor he definitely would have said something like i'm just here so i don't get fined yeah. um anyway what yeah. he walked this so was... marshawn could run no question oh about my it. god <laughs> i was gonna uh, say it was r.i.p to the, the blazers uh season <laughs> oh yeah thanks. sorry about that Oh, no, it's okay. Dame was out. I was surprised that they didn't try to drag it on further so that they could milk that. But it, no one thinks it's it's a rivalry except for the Blazers, so it's fine. Um, oh, you're those guys? Well, I oh. mean, we don't... We we have so little, Kate. Um, anyway, oh. that's from our <laughs> listen, friends Mason when they beat Mason us in a playoff series, it can be a rivalry. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen. Oh, my I, God! It's fine. We love chanting BLA as if that's a thing. I mean, um, you and 28 other teams. It, oh, and I'm like, and I'm like using my Trailblazers 50th anniversary. Boys, boys. Koozie. Um, anyway, okay, that was, uh, that Basketball was your, the was most that I've talk. talked. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, you haven't, you haven't anyway. done brew house in a while because, you know, Brian had to go and have a whole ass baby. So yeah, <laughs> really you hate it when that happens. No, I, we love it when that happens. That's a good baby. That's a good baby. Anyway. Okay. That, thank you for letting me talk about beer. It's good by the way. It's just like a West Coast style IPA. Yum. Chris wouldn't like it. It doesn't taste like fruit. It just tastes like beer. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a problem. All right, so speaking of ball don't lie, you know what else doesn't lie? Star Wars. That's false. I feel like sometimes Star Wars does lie. Star Wars lies a lot, actually. <sighs> Filoni lies, like, all the time, Oh, my to God. Be fair. Dave Filoni's hat is full of secrets. J.J. <laughs> Abrams lies, for sure. J.J. sucks. He flies? He lies, I said. <laughs> His favorite thing that Ryan did was cast Kelly Marie Tran so he could shove her in a closet and never talk to her again. Who says no? I, I do. I say no. I mean, I also oh. say no. Um, all right. But anyway, Star Wars. Let's talk about a fancy party. So the undisputed best scene in this book, arguably best scene in Star Wars. Okay. Like all throughout you know, 11 movies, however many seasons of television, animated, live action, video games, you name it. Okay. Is Poe teaching Finn how to tie a tie? Right. It's just so soft and gay and I love it. Like there's there's something like really soft and like low-key kind of intimate about like oh, tying yeah. someone else's tie. I, I don't, did he do it like facing him or like around? No, no he definitely, definitely did it like him. around. What did he? Oh, oh, he definitely ooh. did it around. Oh, oh, yeah, that is some oh. intimate shit. Oh. Yo, okay, so here's the thing: no one actually knows how to tie a tie facing the person. Like that's just that's not how it works. Oh, uh, okay. See, I, I, I would not have guessed about that because that's that's not it's not a thing I do. I don't know. Someone tied gay. a bow tie on me once, and that was like bow ties. I can't vouch for. I'm not. A, I'm not. I have, I've never. I, I think you uh, also have to do it around, or at least she did. 
I'm not a suit queer, so like I don't. That's, I don't know that's how fair. Things work. I'm yeah. just here to tell you, I have to tie Quinn's ties for him. <laughs> I uh, love and it, I, and I know how to tie a tie, of course. Of course you do. <laughs> anyway, okay, okay but bye. do you tie them facing him, or do you tie them like arms around? No, like, I tie them behind? on my. I tie them on myself. Okay. Like I'm a very, very tall man, and then I take it off of me <laughs> and put it on him, and then they're always too short still. But okay, that's that's, that's also very reasonable. Yes, you. But and then usually, like we can't fit it over his head because sure. I have a much smaller head than he. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, also, you Chris, would think there'd you, be a solution. Can you now? picture Kate trying to reach over the back of you, trying to tie a tie around your neck? Because oh no, it's that's impossible. very much why she can't tie a tie. Because yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Quinn is six inches taller than me. No, I can't tie a tie on him. <laughs> you <laughs> could fair. like anyway have him kneel like in front of a bed, and then you can be sitting on the bed and like do it that way i don't know the the only time someone has tied my tie was my roommate when i borrowed her bow tie for a thing once but she was also like a good deal taller than me so it was super easy because i'm not particularly tall it's true you're a wee burb <laughs> look at the size of that thing or lack thereof <laughs> that's definitely Finn and Poe said to each other at the party. Oh my god. Oh. I think that was after the party. Oh. Or before. I mean, I'm not here to judge. It's I mean, true. Yeah. It's true. Maybe like, during. Fuck. Had to go through we hyperspace. didn't see them the whole time. It's true. true. It's accurate. Listen, they had to hide from the first order. They were hiding anyway. Um, but no, seriously. There's like, a fanfic out there about that. Anyway. Oh, I yeah, there's more than one. <laughs> I know. Uh, but like, again, Rebecca Roanhorse just like very clearly wrote them like explicitly being gay and then just backspaced the sentence where she said they were gay and left the entire rest of the book as is. Yeah, at one point they like kiss on like the ship on the way to the party and then, you know, whoever publisher was like, this isn't a thing. Disney isn't gay. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Look, they're not gay anymore. <laughs> I you tried to make it, it ungay, and therefore no one can criticize me. <laughs> you can't prove anything. Obviously, there is no such thing as subtext. I mean, subtext again, JJ Abrams. My Star Wars. Never heard of it. Um, also, can I just say? So, for those of you who have read Trail of Lightning, you will know that nobody writes a good like getting ready to infiltrate an exclusive fancy party that is full of crime like Rebecca Roanhorse um there's a there's a there's there's a scene there's a scene in there definitely where the two protagonists are 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 getting ready to go to like this like underground like fucking like mystical like club fight club thing i don't know what the fuck to how to describe it i'm not doing it very well read the book it's great anyway <laughs> um but it's like this is the shit out of my fucking, like, YA, like, trash fantasy Holly Black reading youth where um, it was just lots of urban fantasy and there was a lot of, like, glitter and eyeliner being thrown around to infiltrate fancy parties being thrown by evil forces. And I'm so here for that and for her re resurrecting this stuff in my adulthood because it is just, like, very nostalgic and I love it very much. And, yeah, no, Finn and a... 
shiny silver suit is like ripped straight from the earth pages of early 2000s YA before YA was actually good. <laughs> I was just going to say that sounds like that, that episode of She-Ra, but we love a fancy party. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's always gay. Poe po and Fan going to Princess Prom? No question. <gasps> you should see me and Miranda's faces right now, y'all. We're just like, so because we're just the thought of it. It's just beautiful. Um, things that are not beautiful, though, First Order just coming and breaking up a perfectly good fancy party. There were like. <laughs> Finn was enjoying the food. I, I like Finn was all of us in that party, just like shoving food in his face. Like I just, I felt that on a deep spiritual level. <laughs> yeah, Finn's. Listen, there is nothing that Finn loves more, as far as I can tell, based on the Star Wars media that I have consumed. There's nothing Finn loves more than a fancy ass time. Yep. Like. He's losing his goddamn mind at this party. He went to Canto Bite and was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would like to party here. All I had in my head was like him just like like running up to the fucking crap, like space craps table and being like, this place is great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. I mean, my favorite was when Poe was like, all right, let's go to the auction. Finn, all right, hang on one sec. Grab six things from the buffet. All right, we're ready to go. I mean, yep. like... Same me <laughs> exactly. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, no, no question. I just no. I, I love. I Although mean, I wouldn't have loved being at uh, an ocean themed party because seafood is not super my jam. Listen, you butthead. <laughs> yeah, but like Finn was still definitely just like shoving little shrampies into his suit pockets. I mean, Finn. At this point, Finn defected a solid week and a half ago. So. <laughs> Yeah, right. So he's never he hasn't had much food beyond like fucking like nutrient paste yeah. and ration bars and whatever. You know who Finn is? He's like fucking in the good place, just Eleanor trying to like pour cocktail cocktail shrimpies down the front of her very like like deeply cut dress. Yeah. That is Finn. That, that was the joke. That was the joke I was making. <laughs> Thank you. I don't I don't think it actually got across, so as mm. always I say things very <laughs> deadpanned but of fucking course this is the bad place <laughs> it sure fucking is um and we're we're on like the bad place loop too it's a goddamn disaster but you know who else is in the bad place everybody at that fucking party because the goddamn first order shows up and they're like what's up this is crimes Let's start shooting people, probably. <laughs> this is crimes and not crimes that easily and directly benefit us. We're just going to kill y'all and take our stuff back. Thank you. And yeah, give us like, all the money. It's very first order, though, because, like, you know, you feel like back in the Empire, like, you know, they would have infiltrated the party. They would have, like figured out who had the thing and they would have like gotten everybody and killed them as they were leaving the party. I think like, they would have done it like before that like, too. They'd already know like who has the list and they would find a way to like poison her. Or something. I don't fucking know. Send yeah. Like they a shitty they, assassin. Like the first order just continues to like barge through the door, shoot first and ask questions. Never as their <laughs> preferred strategy. And it it's and, and like you, that's kind of what they are like they're they're 
the Empire, but like dumber and stronger. Wait, Chris, are you saying you disapprove of uh, aggressive negotiations? There's nothing negotiation about that. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's <clears throat> give us this list or we'll kill you, but we're going to start shooting first. And then be like... I can't say it was good negotiations. <laughs> you're really you're, you're really giving up the ghosts there on, on what's going to happen. But yeah, just the First Order has absolutely no sneak to them whatsoever. No, the First Order is absolutely the bull in the china shop. Like, can't do anything. They're like, oh, this delicate situation, let's play it cool. Or, let's start, like... A minor stampede because everyone's trying to run away because we're shooting at them. I mean, it's it's just as good as um fucking paper pushing nerd bro fucking just deciding to like whop a guy over a bridge. You know, it's 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 got as just as much subtlety to it. We'll talk about that in a hot second. But like you yeah. know, just oh, I'm on a very tall bridge and I can wait a minute. What if I just give this guy a little push chris chris i mean, just made chris watch the fucking uh lame is movie from like 2012 and mm-hmm. um spoiler alert um russell crowe kills himself by jumping off a very high aqueduct or whatever the fuck and chris is just we're just watching him fucking fall like flip over like whatever the fuck in the air like fucking falling down this goddamn aqueduct and chris, chris is just like oh okay <laughs> you served a purpose in addition to being bad at singing and acting in this movie <sighs> that that movie was a time. Mm. You're welcome. Yeah. Spoiler alert for a novel published in 1862. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> People get upset. My friend one time got upset when I told when we were she had never seen a New Hope before, so we were watching it like maybe five years ago, and um, I'm there in the back because I'm drunk making stupid comments, and she like had not known. Or something that Luke and Leia were twins, and she's like, "Wow, thanks for spoiling me." And I'm like, "This movie is forty years old." It's like, oh, by the way, did you know that Darth Vader is Luke's father? Spoiler alert: We are doomed. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast. I can say whatever I want. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, so let's let's talk more about the party though, because obviously. Poe saves the day. And Poe saves the day, surprisingly, not by shooting his way out. Surprisingly, not by being Poe. <laughs> that was the old Poe. This is the new gentler Poe. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's big, like, Poe development here. He's like, what if I use my brain hole and see that, like, hey, we should take that lady with the list... Because she's got the list and the first orders here. <laughs> also, we don't really have a ship anymore. So, like, let's go. Let's go find Wedge. Wedge will fix everything. He Dad! finally learned. <laughs> he finally learned that there are some things that he can't. Some problems that he can't solve by jumping in an X-wing and blowing something up. So proud of him. It's just I don't know. It's just it's a great follow-on from like we were talking about how Poe like you know. By the time, by the time, obviously, we get to um, Rise of Skywalker, all is forgiven, and he's General Dameron, and all this other stuff. But um, yeah, we were talking about how this book actually like doesn't necessarily let him off the hook immediately for murdering the entire Resistance. 
by doing mutiny. Whoops. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's just it's a good follow on from the fight he almost fucking started, where people were just like, "And you, I heard that Holdo told you to sit down, and shut up," and you were like, "No," <laughs> and that was bad. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, it's, we love to see character growth. We love, we love to see, we love to see him like calm down for five minutes and, mm-hmm. you know, make some considerations. Um, yeah. And he, he had an actual strategy. Like, yes. Very quickly put together, but it wasn't like, let's sneak away. Even though it kind of was, um, it was like, okay, like, here's what we have. Here's what we need. Uh, this is where we need to be. We need to get the fuck off this planet. Right. And it's, again, it's not shooting his way out. It's not making some dumbass decision. Like, what if I just mutiny against yeah. the resistance? It's, it's, it's no longer, like, start a mutiny, uh, be left all alone, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. profit. <laughs> we, are, we are actually figuring out the question marks in advance now. And, like, you know, like, obviously we're making fun, but, like, in all seriousness, like, obviously this book centers around Poe as, I would say, its primary character. Obviously, you have the different tracks, and you've got Shriv, and you've got Leia um, as well, who are, like, major secondary characters, I would say. But, like, it's really a Poe book, and it it God does... God bless it. <laughs> yeah. And and it does. It bridges this gap of where he is from TLJ because, like, TLJ was the first time we ever got any real Poe characterization. Because, like, like Poe's great in TFA, don't get me wrong, but, like, he has all the personality of somebody who JJ meant to kill off. Like, he's he's awesome, and that's his personality. No he's awesome. Disintegration. He's... And... TLJ, like, for better or worse, a lot of people didn't like the direction that Ryan Johnson took Poe, but he does have character development. He starts off as being this, like, awesome guy, except, you know, he, for once, loses the one in a million chance. And the rest of the movie is about him dealing with that. And now this is about how do we get his confidence back? How do we get him, and obviously this came out before Rise of Skywalker, but how do we get him back to a point where he can be trusted and can be seen as an equal member and an equal leader of the Resistance? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to help. Yeah, no, help, help, help Poe got his leadership groove back. <laughs> you know, just things. Um... <laughs> Speaking of uh, characters that people didn't know what to do with and Rebecca Roanhorse actually did. Wow. Um, here's Finn doing, like, showing a range of emotions and having a number of experiences and, like, expressing joy. And he and Poe aren't, like, bickering, like, weirdly bickering like an old married couple with no explanation as to how they got to this place. Chris was just re-watching Rise of Skywalker the other day, and I sat there for half an hour, and then I was like, yeah, I would literally rather do homework. Um, <laughs> yeah, decisions were made. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, no n- no one has never really known what to do with Finn. Um, 
especially JJ. He's JJ knew what to do with Finn for two out of two and a half hours of TFA. Yes. To his credit. That's not enough, though. No, yeah, it's oh, no, 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 no. It's what, not enough. Wait, I'm sorry. Are you saying? Are you saying that him um, not letting Finn actually say that he's force sensitive and could be a Jedi was a bad choice? But JJ really got to the depth of these characters and wasn't racist at all. We, you know, he he really diversity was like a very like strong value for him, and so that's why he put queers very prominently in the background in the scene that got cut out when they gave it to China because China's bad. Honestly, have you guys, uh, <laughs> you guys, I guess, being burb, because I know Kate does, have you watched Always Be My Maybe on Netflix, the one with Ali Wong and uh, Randall Park? No, no, I have not. Was it there's good? Like, there's a phenomenal... It looks good. It's, it's, a, it's excellent, and you should absolutely watch it. It's like, just, it's a great rom-com. I know we it's love... the heteros, but it's great. Honestly, we, I mean, we, potentially... but it's like, we love Ali Wong and Randall Park, and like, Keanu Reeves is in it, so. Potentially, Keanu, Keanu Reeves' Reeves... best role was, was what I was about to say, honestly. It's excellent. He is There is immaculate. a whole song that came out of Randall Park's brain hole called I Punched Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and it is my favorite thing. Um. Anyway, but the reason I bring it up is because there is... A scene where, uh, like, Randall Park's friend uh, uh, thinks that Ali Wong... Or, no, meets Ali Wong's business partner and uh, and uh, realizes or is told that she's gay. And he is just, like, so awkward tripping over himself trying to be, like, an ally. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, lo- lo- love is love, you know? Love is love. And it's just, like, so awkward. And, like, that's how I envision JJ on, like, like trying to justify the Whatever lack of real representation like, he put in. We're supporting Skywalker. the community. Look at love this. Love is love. Love is love. We're going to cut this. Uh, everything's under control. <laughs> Situation normal. Anyway, that was a very long anecdote. But at least I got to talk about Ali Wong because that's a great movie. Yeah, no, it's that. Wait. Other things highly recommend. It's great pandemic watching for when you just feel like existential and unending despair and you want to lie on the floor because it's fluffy and happy. It has and da- Daniel Daycam also very, like, yes. minor role, but very underrated in that so movie. So good. Okay. Anyway, back to Star Wars. Daniel Daycam also famously a voice of in She-Ra. Um, <laughs> Yo, put Daniel Daycam in a Star Wars, man. Yes. Before we go back to Star Wars, I forgot Reggie Miller's name earlier. It just yeeted out of my brain hole you said reggie miller did i yeah okay that's (laughs) thank god we're just gonna leave this in here because you just broke off from filing your nails or whatever the hell you're doing back there oh (laughs) i'm filing i'm filing oh yeah we'll great i'll cut this i won't um no i have to sit at the desk with the nail file so i don't bite my nails because i have anxiety oh that's smart so that is brilliant yeah no i have uh this is this I'm holding up nail clippers. This is so that I don't uh, chew my hangnails and make my fingers bleed. And this is so that I don't uh, bite my nails. I'm holding up the nail file. Anyway, I'm happy for you. Great. Anyway, listen, this, listen. look at me trying to be better. Growth. It's a trap. <laughs> Book Wars pod. Come for the Star Wars. Stay for the random movie recommendations and the life tips. Run away because actually it's garbage. Hashtag nail talk. <laughs> um, but anyway, so back to Finn. Yes, like we do. 
we get actual characterization from him and like he is it very much continues in the trend of of the last jedi's characterization which again was was controversial because it didn't move toward finn being a jedi and uh people also felt that he was sidelined um and and it does continue in that vein of him kind of being the person who is new to the world and is new to understanding things um which is you know i don't really have the range to get into what what interpretation is like quote unquote correct people have issues with that and that's super fair um but it does kind of continue on with the tlj version of him so to speak yes <laughs> yes but um, I will say, yes. oh, oh. I, you know, we, we've obviously definitely covered this a lot on this episode, but like, it's so exciting and lovely to see him have an actual personality. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, like oh, like he likes to take food from buffets. <laughs> he likes to make his, he likes to make his boyfriend wrap his big, strong arms around him. Like... <laughs> He likes to shoot stormtroopers and, like, walk into a fucking party where he knows the First Order is going to be. And he's like, oh, I've just got this, uh, like, fucking, excuse me as I burp away from the microphone, um, <laughs> the little starbird boy. Like, I'm with the Resistance. No, like, he's, he's, he, he feel he feel like, he feel he, he's committed. He feels passionate about what he's doing. He loves a good disguise. Like these are all things I can absolutely relate to, and it's no, absolutely. And I mean, and I mean, I think Miranda the Starbird pin is like actually a really great example of giving Finn agency as opposed to having him be at the mercy of the plot. Um, what? Because agency like, for black people? I know it's shocking. It's Not really my shocking. Star Wars. Oh my god! But it's like because you have him, and he is aware of where they're going. He's aware of the stakes. He's aware of how um, risky wearing the starbird can be. And he says, I am angry. I want to piss people off because I can and I am a free person to do that. And so I am going to do it. Which, how many times has have those words come out of my mouth in some kind of order similar? <laughs> like many. I love oh, yeah. making people angry. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like, it's almost like this is what happens when you let... Black people write black characters. I would love to see Rebecca Roanhorse write a Finn-centered book. Because Finn is definitely... Like, Ray and Finn are both very secondary in this book. Like, it's it's great because we see them, the three of them interacting, but, like, it's a Poe book, as we said. Um, I would love to see her... And, or I mean, or other black authors, but she is the only black author in Delray's wheelhouse right now. Um, which, another issue that needs to be fixed. But... Wait, I'm sorry. The, the Delala Salson isn't isn't black. Wait, you know, then why, then why is she writing black characters? Ooh. I was gonna say she she a did a lot of internet reading about black hair, clearly, but <laughs> um, but yeah. So like, anyway, I would love to see Rebecca Roanhorse or another black author get more time with Finn and just capture his happiness on like he's happy in a way that we rarely see in Star Wars. That's. <laughs> That's because literally every white motherfucker in Star Wars has never heard of Black Joy. Yeah. What do you know about that? And I mean, and it's, again, and, and we've, we've mentioned it 
on both previous episodes for this book. But like you have a black woman writing this and you have a character who has grown up knowing nothing but what he is told and nothing but violence. And he has the innate goodness in him to continue looking up and saying, I am going to will this life to get better and ha- and have black joy and just have that willingness to continue. And that's something that I think is a unique perspective from Rebecca Roanhorse in this case, and also just black authors that is like just really, really profound and incredible. Mm-hmm. And and going off of that too, like, you know, you, you just said it, like he's always been at the mercy of others. Like he's never had agency before. And to see him like actually take advantage of his agency and do like do so to, you know, bring joy into his life. Like he's, he's doing what he wants to do. He's not like, you know, pretending to have agency, but still he's doing everything for other people. It's like, no, no, fuck you. Like I'm here. I'm queer. I want to fuck Poe. Um, accurate so say we all (laughs) (laughs) okay but the wookie roar for that specific okay (laughs) listen having just rewatched rise of skywalker that scene where they're both in the cockpit of the millennium falcon they're an old married couple there's no question about it absolutely absolutely that is classic classic like ship bickering okay not just like on a ship but like relationship ship yeah. squared bickering just the 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 <laughs> when he bangs the falcon against the wall and he's just like sorry i'm sorry i know just like that is <laughs> honestly the best moment in the movie arguably that's what and that's why i loved it <laughs> and so i left her for like half an hour yep. um anywho um there are other people in this book yeah, so, who suck. Who are not good. These people we suck. D- we do not like them as much as we like Finn, because we love Finn when he's mm-hmm. written properly. Winsher Brad is the most fucking a- white spider-ass Trump administration piece of shit motherfucker that has ever existed. And honestly... I <laughs> And honestly, only a person of color could have made him up because, like, he's so, like, he's a cartoon character, but also he's a cartoon character that we know in real life. So, yeah. Yeah, he's the Trump administration, like, your editor called and said that this character was unrealistic, like, kind of villain. (laughs) Like, he's not quite Stephen Miller because he's not smart enough and he doesn't have, like, the overall vision of, like, creating a horrible absolutely atrocious world but like he's sure gonna help that happen yeah he's like he's a couple rungs down for sure (laughs) he he's a cog in the machine and he loves it like deeply and mm, i this guy anyway so uh yeah he 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 decides to uh just beat the ever-living crap out of his 15 year old um employee who is a black woman by the way just because just because he's mad just because he just because just because she pisses him off yeah he gets white man angry because he thinks she's not good enough 
at being a shitty first order cog in the machine, even though she's 15 years old and is like, what if I just like kick you in the head a lot? And then maybe I'll think about like, is she still alive later? Who's to say? That's uh, that's an afterthought. Just because I'm white man angry. I just, oh God, it was, it was so disgusting and it was so good when like, at the end, Yama teams up with um, our merry band of misfit heroes, and Naj is just like, oh, is this the little rat that fucking did this to you? Cool, I'm just gonna shoot you straight dead and leave you here like the piece of trash you are, and that was just so deeply satisfying. <laughs> and then Ransom Not tried to help landing. him. <laughs> Ransom did try to help him, because he's just, he's the softest fascist you've ever seen! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. R- Ransom, there's no question that Ransom is a fiscal conservative social liberal. Like there's there's no question <laughs> about that. Randy just made the jerk off motion, which is a thing. But yeah, no, that's 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 absolutely also like God, I would love a short story follow up at uh, like post rescue where he just gets to talk to Leia and it's just like, Well, you said that you thought the Empire was fine because at least there was some semblance of order and there were, like, cops and shit that you thought were doing something. And I would I would just love to hear how and whether his opinions of that have changed after being in super evil cop jail for, what, six odd years? Yeah, because, like, obviously he's going to hate the First Order, but, like... Post Rise of... Like, let's assume he survived another year. Post Rise of Skywalker. What does he want the government to do? He's trying to fund the police. He, he's, he's, he is for sure uh, do, donating to the... Um, what's it called? The, like, for can't Trump. wait for eight, whatever. What's the, What was DeRay's thing? Oh, eight can't, can't wait. wait. Eight can't wait. Thank you. I... I I knew it was close. I knew it rhymed. Uh, he is he is for sure donating to Eight Can't Wait and pushing police reform bills. Uh, there's no question. But he thinks oh, he's ransom. doing the right thing because it will bring law and order. But yeah, no, I just I love I love very much that uh, the person that Leia hands him off to to like go eat a sandwich for the first time in like 85 years is Rose. Um, Cause I feel like, I feel like she could, t- she, she could, exp- she can definitely explain him a thing about how empire at first or bad. Don't do that shit. No more. <laughs> that would also be a fascinating short story. Just him like hanging out with. Just, I hope we see, I really hope we see him again. Yeah. I would, I would read the shit out of that. I mean, Rebecca Runhorse like literally brought, brought him back from the dead and Miranda and I were like, yes. So, I know we cannot be the only ones who yeah. love this soft, soft fascist man. <laughs> yeah, like Ransom Castorfo is who Joe Biden thinks the rest of the Republican Party is. Mm-hmm. Like he hates Trump, he hates the First Order, and he's he's conservative, but he's a decent man. And like, just there's heavy air quotes for listeners. <laughs> um, he's he's really he's the one who's gonna you know stop uh, ruining the country once the First Order's out of office. Could just really... it's that's that's the only the only problem with him could you could you really sit down and have a beer with him chris you know <laughs> he's he's the type of old school politician who you may not agree 
but you you were friends. You could go to each other's offices. You could hammer out a deal, as they say. That's no moon. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, the other thing about Brat, just to get back to Winter Brat. I was going to say, it's, it's, <laughs> people I would not have a fucking beer with. Ransom Castor Fopod. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing about him is that he is, and again, Rebecca Roanhorse writes it really well because he is so corrupted by the fact that he is a shit from the start. No question. But also the fact that the system is so corrupt and that there's no way to do good from within the system that, like, he doesn't even realize why he's like this anymore. Like, he doesn't know why he beat the shit out of Yama. He doesn't know why he uh, killed, what was it, like, Colonel Genial or whatever? Um, like he Colonel Genial? <laughs> Like, he doesn't know why he's doing anything. He just is because, like, he's just, like, on autopilot within the system of oppression. Right. And, of course, if the system of oppression is also a system of horrible violence. And I I, I also feel like he's already, like, a huge dick. And so, like, to put someone like him into this role where he does, like have that very like set order there's like the hierarchy and he feels some kind of power like he's just gonna use it to be the worst fucking person in the world without realizing that he's a really fucking shitty person and he's the kind of person who like makes people go to the rebellion makes them go to the resistance because they're like it's like that thing you know um where they say, like, the number one reason people leave jobs is because of their boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but for defecting from the First Order. Like, we see, we see it in this book. He yeah. beats Literally. the shit out of Yama, and she's like, um, fuck this. And I'm then- going gonna, gonna to go find this, like, goddamn Amazon and, like, follow her around. <laughs> And then there's Monty who's just like, I don't even, I like don't even have a conscience and I know this is bad, so I'm out. <laughs> like, he's just like, I'm gone, never mind. Like, no, you, I mean, if you didn't know that he was going to be a bad guy just from looking at his name, but also the fact that when we're introduced to him, his like defining personality feature is that he doesn't want people to know he was a poor. Which is always good. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. And he he built, like, he really just piles on that the whole time. Like, when um, the guy from the party, the husband, shows up, he's like, drops the name of, uh, like, Brad's hometown, and he's like, what the fuck? How do you know this? It's And it's like... I'm not poor. You're poor. Shut up. I'm sure plenty of people are from this random fucking hometown, right? Like, what the fuck? You're poor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of Yama and her new Amazon mom. <laughs> Next buddy comedy. Please. <laughs> I just, she like finds Tesha and is like, Oh, 
you seem to like really hate the first order for some reason and also you could beat the shit out of me and maybe i'm a little gay for that just me am i projecting no um but they (laughs) the whole little squad just kind of like it's like oh here's this small and very broken first order literal child she's bleeding everywhere and it looks like she got her face bashed in uh, but she seems real fucking mad about it, so guess we'll use that to our advantage. And, like, she saves the day for them. And also yeah, they I get just... to kill Win- Wincher. That's true. I love how um, Rebecca Roynhorst pulls out at the end that you, that she has this photo- fucking photograph memory because she was like, well, nobody asked me, so I didn't say anything. And that's kind of, like, how it's been for the whole book. You're like, why is she here? She's a wee babe who doesn't know how offices work, which, like, who among us? Um, also, and she's, has, she's 15. She, she should know how yeah. the office works. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she's like, well, nobody asked me, but, like, yeah, this is this is my this is my life skill. And it's just... <laughs> the reveal is so good. Like, everyone just stares at her like, what? And I was also like, what? <laughs> oh, it was great. Yama is good. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> um, gosh, um, Miranda, is this your point about people? Most just, of like, these are my to... points. When I okay. when I hopped on, it went from introduction to conclusion, so I just started yelling into the yeah. outline. I mean, I've got I got a whole ass problem called somebody. I got to do school. Ooh, somebody made me do school. Ooh. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah. The point for those who are wondering is why the <laughs> fuck is everyone in Star Wars constantly trying to sacrifice themselves? Like th- Star Wars. this time, it's like a, a like a, a very minor character. It's like that that big dude, strong hammer. With the re- yeah, that bitch who's with the resistance, <laughs> and he's like, "Go on without me," because like he's he's super like not gonna make it anyway, probably. Yeah, his leg is like gone, dude. Yeah, it's like it, it, it doesn't, it's not gonna do him good. Uh, so like he's just gonna like stay there and shoot as many fucking stormtroopers as he can, which, a mood, but it, it just like exemplifies this whole thing in Star Wars, and I'm like, you can be a hero without being a fake martyr. Listen. I blame Luke Skywalker for being the first motherfucker to be like, I'm going to hand myself over to Darth Vader and then my friends will be fine. You dumb twink. That's literally not how evil works. Jesus. <laughs> but yes. Oh my God. But then, and then, and, and to Rebecca Roanhorse's credit, we then see at the end of the book, you know, after Stronghammer has died, we see Yendor try to, or at least consider kind of doing that going down with the ship thing. And Leia's like, no, no, no. And Leia... Yeah. And no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, and he Leia, doesn't I, try to. He is, like, actively going for it. And she's like, no. Yeah. And <laughs> he also just found out that his daughter was killed. So, like, he has, like, a lot more immediate grief in that moment to want to do that. And yet still sees the resistance, sees Charth, and his kids sees Leia yelling at him. Sees Leia, and is like, "No, 
there is more I can do. Like, this would be a useless sacrifice. Leia's over here like, I swear to God, if you yeet yourself into the cosmic force, I will bring you back just to murder you. That doesn't sound too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I actually didn't know. I couldn't remember what that was. And I was like, why does it say Leia too hard on the soundboard? (laughs) What could that possibly be? I have to press it. Same. (laughs) And and it ended up being perfect. Worked great. Worked great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I, I... I feel like just like I mean we'll talk about more about um the writing and the structure of this novel and how it subverts expectations etc but like I guess it's just nicely balanced between like extremely Star Wars themes and you know sub- again subverting what we expect out of Star Wars which is more than I can say for JJ and his and I use this term very loosely artistic style <laughs> It's going to be good. It's going to be good for all of us, including our fans, for us to get out of the sequel era for a while. Yeah, yes. sorry, y'all. This is, there's, there's just a lot of there's a lot of dunking on Rise of Skywalker happening right now. Yeah, I blame Chris it. for slapping the bitch on the TV the other day. Yeah, I mean, when, when the the High Republic shit comes out, like, oh my god, it's going to okay. be so much better, y'all, y'all. I so I hand out at the beginning of the semester some like. I give my kids a survey so I can get to know them better. So it's like, you know, usual questions like, do you go by a nickname? What are your pronouns? What's the last thing you read? Like that kind of stuff. And one of the questions I asked them is, what is your, le- what is the, your like least favorite book that you've read? And somebody said Shadow Shaper by Daniel Jose Older. And I was like, get out of my class. <laughs> get out of my class. I'm, so- I'm sorry. I cannot, I can't, I cannot give you a good grade. I cannot in good conscience give you a good grade because you, that, because you said that to me. <laughs> This is a pro DJO podcast. Yes, it is. I should... <laughs> never teach y'all. Kids, kids, kids are bad. Actually, that's that's and that's, that's never teach because your kids will be stupid. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Remember to stay inside, wear a mask, burn down police stations. Next episode, we're going to be wrapping up Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. And then the following episode for you to go ahead and get the book now, we are going to be starting A Crash of Fate, uh, which is written by uh, Zoraida Cordova, who is wonderful. And we are going to have a very special guest host for that book. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to announce it quite yet. We're going to save that for next week. The suspense. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but we're going to have a very special guest host for those episodes. We're super excited about it. Because uh, I'm not going to be here and somebody needs to be around until you to shut the fuck up. Exactly. Indeed. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at BookWarsPod. BookWarsPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. It is the best way for people to discover the show. And especially as we are asking people not to give to Patreon or Coffee right now and do other things with that money. If you want to do something nice for us, rate, review, and subscribe to us in the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Um, as I was saying, if you have any money to spare, don't give it to us. Donate it to racial justice organizations, uh, the Milwaukee Freedom Fund, or Jacob Blake's family's GoFundMe are two excellent options right now. Uh, also, Kate, do you want to talk more about your raffle? 
Yeah, I still only have one fucking raffle entry. It's like you people fucking hate free shit. Um, so for every dollar that you donate to a racial justice organization, you will have one entry into our beautiful raffle that Chris could stand to promote more on the social medias, but he sucks. Um, of really cute race stuff from Squadron Goals. We've got a mini print and a little enamel pin and a sticker. Listen, the pin has Ray holding a pork. Like, he's a big Easter egg. It's really fucking cute. I don't know why you people don't want it. Anyway, donate. Forward a receipt to me. Um, bookwarspot.gmail.com and I will get you entered. Because... Take my stuff. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Indeed. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production is done by our very own Kristen Cerisi. Uh, for all of us, Kristen, Miranda, Kate, and myself, thank you for listening to episode 126 of the Book Wars Pod. And we'll talk to you next week. Only burn down a police station when Ted Wheeler isn't looking. <laughs>